I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. On today's episode, I chat with Megan Alessio, one of the most playful and experimental fiber artists I've come across. She weaves, embroiders, needle felts, and makes the most incredible felted creatures, both real animals and also imaginary mermaid hybrids that she calls mermals. She's a mom and maker extraordinaire, and she's got something huge up her sleeve for the fall, so keep an eye on her. Megan can be found on Instagram at Megan Alessio and on Etsy under the shop name Megan Alessio Vintage. Here's the episode. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's such a pleasure to be able to finally talk to you and put a face to the to the name and to the art. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Cindy. I'm so excited to actually talk to you now. Yay. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess, you know, let's really just kind of start with the basics. Where are you from and where do you live right now? And do you have kids? And what's your sort of living situation like right now? All right. So the rundown on me right now, I'm from, I'm from Canada, from Alberta. Mm -hmm. So I was born in Edmonton, going way back. But I've always been around the Calgary or the Calgary area for the last eight years now. Okay. So I've kind of been in this one area. And yeah, I've got two kids. They're four and almost or almost four and five. But Tommy and Mickey. They just got out of the house one minute ago, so it's a bit of a disaster, everything <laughs> beyond what you can see here, but that's okay. And yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Awesome. Um, so uh, let's go way back. So I, you know, I did realize that I have been following you on Instagram probably since 2015 or 14, maybe, and um, and I even own some of your work, and I have never really ever gotten to know like who you are and how you started and everything. So I would love to hear, you know, what were you like as a kid and have you always been creative and, and just hearing your journey all the way up to finding, um, you know, your, your fiber art practice. Definitely. So I was definitely a crafty kid, like always making something and like I, there wasn't a box or anything untouched in the house or covered in nail polish, like my poor parents. So we were just, my sisters and I would <laughs> embellish everything. Bedazzled. <laughs> Bedazzle, glitter, nail polish, um, it, pretty much any any little bit of art we could do. And my grandma was an artist. So we've had a lot of – my mom's an amazing artist. Mm -hmm. So it definitely runs in the family. Of, yeah. And it's just always been – that was our go-to activity was to make something like – make little a paper house or mm -hmm. or something we're we're always making something our craft supplies were like overflowing but it was always crafts like little things that you'd make and they didn't really I didn't really consider myself an artist mm -hmm. for a really really long time which was fine I never really thought about it but I was just like I love crafting if I could just get paid to make crafts all day I would be so happy I would always say that and so, yeah, now I'm kind of, kind of doing it. So it's really exciting. Yeah. So did you go to school for it or did you, so what did your sort of, um, your high school life look like? And then if, if you went to college after that, I'm not sure, but um, take me up until that point. So up until I was, when I was 17, I started apprenticing at a hair salon. Oh, cool. 
And from then until I had my first son, I was a hairdresser. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, which comes in really handy a lot of times with the fiber art. Definitely. Fringe. <laughs> no, totally. There's such crossover. I am actually seeing that a lot of um, a lot of people who are hairstylists get into yeah. this craft or um, into it, crochet. I've noticed there is a lot of crossover. I think so. It's like it's a very tactile, and you're kind of using the same not skill set, but that same sort of feel. Like you're making something out of just threads, basically. right? Fibers, exactly. Totally fiber. So it, there is a lot of crossover. But yeah, I went to I went to hair school. Okay. And then after I got pregnant with my son, I was kind of wanting an out anyway. Mm. I was like kind of getting my back was hurting. Like I was only 26 and it was already it's hard on your body. Yeah, totally. Job. Yeah. So I was kind of like, OK, this is my I'm going to go on mat leave when I have my baby and I've never gone back. So <laughs> awesome. Maternity leave in Canada. Is that a full year? Do you get it is a full year? It's actually 18 months now. Oh, that's so nice. But it was a year when I went. So yeah, <laughs> that way. So then how did you pick up fiber art? What was the first kind of piece you made or the first, um, you know, technique you used or type so that you that you got into first? Bringing it back to when my son was born, when I was pregnant with him, I was trying to find a cute mobile. Mm -hmm. And I always have made like little sculpty or Fimo, the polymer clay kind of thing. And just like with little sculpture and stuff. But I was seeing all these really cute fuzzy mobiles on Etsy. And just, um, I don't think Instagram was a thing really then yet. Or it wasn't, I wasn't on it yet. So I would see these little things and I... And I didn't have any idea how to make them. So I just kind of started Googling and was like, oh, I could probably figure that out. And that was needle felting. And that was as soon as I did it, I made like a little, I think a cat was my first one. And it was just like magic, like poking wool with one little needle and it made a whole sculpture. And they're always cute. They're these fuzzy little things. And I was hooked from then. And I think I started putting them on Instagram and it was back in back in the day, yeah. <laughs> like five years ago. But <laughs> like even then, there was so only ancient. it felt like there was only like ten fiber people exactly. on Instagram at the time. And I would do like the four square grid of with like a border, yeah, like a colorful background, just horribly edited pictures <laughs> of my little animals, and people start being like, "Oh, that's cute. Can you make one for me? Or can you do this?" and so I just kind of slowly progressed from there. Oh, interesting. See, I didn't realize that, that you started with the needle felted animals because yeah. I think when I found you, um, I really distinctly remember when I found you because you posted this mint green uh, weave. It was a, you know, a woven tapestry made out of cashmere and I, it blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, mohair. Yes, 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 yes. Mohair. Yes. No, but it blew my mind because that was the first ethereal piece I'd really come across. And so, yeah. And so um, I think like right after then, I was like, I want to try mohair. Like that was, it's so pretty. It was so light and fluffy and just like really beautiful and translucent in a way. And um, I remember like I I saved that image and I was like, it's so pretty. It's so pretty. I really want to try it. And I think you added like even like little Pom poms to it, maybe I might be making yeah. that up, but um, no, a little gold pom pom on yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, so I remember trying mohair after that, but then I was like, oh, I'm following this girl. Then everything else you posted, it was just so beautiful. Um, and I didn't, oh, I didn't even look back, like to scroll back to see how 
uh, you know, that you had started with the needle felted animals. Oh, how funny. Yeah. So then when did you get into, when did you get into weaving and how, like, did you, um, uh, did you take a class or did you learn online? It was totally like a one afternoon. I think my sister was the one that was like, we kind of started finding a few fiber artists on Instagram and Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, this looks cool. Like, I really like, and this, like, there were no weavers on Instagram five years ago. Yeah. Or, like, very few that were, that were accessible to everyone. Like, I didn't even know what to search or anything. If right. you searched weave, it would just come up with a bunch of hair pieces. Yeah, 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 totally. So, <laughs> like extensions. Big... Yeah, exactly. So, I, we found these few things and we're like, oh, we should, like, play around with it. It was another craft for me, like, another fun little thing to try. Yeah. And I took, like, a little stick and just like um like looped the string over I didn't have a loom or anything and I used all these scrap bits of roving from my from my felting and Mm -hmm. little bits of thread and just made this like hideous but like little like this big weave and I was like oh that was fun (laughs) and from there it just I made myself a weave a loom out of a picture frame Mm -hmm. and then I just got obsessed (laughs) as I usually do with any new craft and yeah, it went from there. So I was weaving all the time on a tapestry, tapestry loom. I got mm-hmm. a real one. I got a few real ones after my picture frame nails, right? Taking all my thread. And I was kind of obsessed for a while. And then I got a little bit burnt out mm. from weaving. I think, I think a lot of people did. It kind of exploded. And yeah. then I was like, I don't know what I can make that isn't already out there. Right. I felt. I would even want to make something. And I was like, it's so similar to something I've already seen. So I'm not going to weave unless I'm like, I want to weave. Right, right. I had a few that I made after I tapered off where I was like, I want to make this and it feels good to make it. But I was kind of over the making a custom order for someone or something where when they would send me a picture that someone else had made. Right. Right. They'd be like, I love this. Can you make me this? And it's like, no, I can't. It, it started to feel like I wasn't being an artist anymore. It, it felt like I was just making things. Right. So that's when I just started kind of experimenting, which somehow led me back around to needle felting, right. which I'm doing a lot of now. But I went through, I was doing a lot of wrapped fiber pieces. Um, I played with resin a lot all kinds of stuff. I'm just, I'm so all over the place. That, I know, but that's <laughs> what I really, I really like that about your work is that, um, you know, it, it, it may not have like a completely cohesive theme as far as, um, as far as the type of fiber arts that you're practicing, but, but there is some element of the, of you that's completely in every single piece where you can tell that it's still you. Which is oh, so interesting. Like I don't know yeah. how to, I don't know how people do that. Actually, it's like to to cross over craft, but then it, you can totally see someone's perspective in it, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm always jealous of people that can make this a similar thing where you see them, you see a picture, and you don't even know have to look at the cat, know who it is, and they make the same, not the same thing over and over, but it's like their style. And right. I'm like, I, I'm, I'll be like, I found it. This is what I love. And two weeks later, I'm like, oh, yeah, so enough of that. <laughs> All right. So, wait, so let's take it back for a second to needle felting. And how, how did you learn how to do that? Um, just I went on Etsy mm-hmm. after I searched a few things. I just like I think I just searched needle felting kit and I got a little one 
and it had like a little felting block. It had some, a little bit of wool. It had a few needles and that's all you need. That's, that's it. That's all needle felting is, is one single needle. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's one little barb needle. It's actually meant for a machine. So it's like a little, has like a little hook on the end and you just poke the wool and I got obsessed with it. So, and then from then, so of course I needed all the colors. So two weeks into it, I had ordered like hundreds of dollars of supplies online. Of course. But I was, I was pregnant and hormonal with my first son. So it was excusable. That was like my, my outlet. Well, and that's in a way like a nest, a way to nest too, I think. It was total nesting that started it all. Yeah. Especially when you're working with roving because it's so soft and, it is. You know, it has that whole comfort thing to it. And I just started, um, I started making these little, I was like, oh, the Christmas ornaments or whatever. And then I made a mobile from there, a little, little owls and stuff. And it was so natural to me because it was a sculpture. I yeah. always work better in like a 3D sort of thing. I, I like drawing and painting and that sort of stuff. But it's not like when I'm holding something in my hand and I'm making it, then that's, I feel like I'm doing something that right. I should be doing. That's I don't feel like I'm copying anyone. Right, right. When, I, when I'm making a sculpture, it's like this just came from me. I can't look at anything. I don't have someone else's sculpture to look at. So yeah. I feel more authentic when I'm making 3D sort of forms. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, even your uh, even your two-dimensional pieces have like a 3D element to them most of the time. They do. I realize. Usually. I mean, even the like I bought a, an, an embroidery piece from you yeah. and then there's a there's like a, you know, strands of thread that are coming down over the like it's a framed piece and then there are the stra strands of thread that are coming down over the, you know, yeah. over what it's supposed to be the set plane, you know, which yes. which I think I thought was so unique and beautiful. So oh, thank you. Yeah, let more is definitely not my strong suit. <laughs> I'll I'll be making something. I'm like, you know what this needs? <laughs> like 16 more kinds of fiber. <laughs> yeah. I just cannot stop. So that's that's one thing that I've gotten a little bit better at is being like stepping away for a day or something because yeah. I just like if I could put glitter on everything, I would. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, you're a you're a fiber maximalist. I am a maximalist yeah. for sure when it comes to art and like even doing I can't do my nails like I'll end up with 17 coats of glitter <laughs> and I'm in my 30s like it's just <laughs> so I need to tone it down on that level nah, that's awesome more power to you yeah <laughs> so um so is right now is your creative do, would you consider your uh your creative work a, a a full business for you right now or do you consider it sort of a side thing or a hobby um I think I would say it's a cross between hobby because I love doing it mm -hmm. and like I I'm lucky that I my I have a husband who's out with the kids now and he works full-time so I am first and foremost a stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. and so I just make things when I can so it's not a job where it's like I have to go there and I have to get this done. It's always like when I can do it. Right. If I make lots, great. If I can't, my kids are alive, so <laughs> I made it through the day. Yeah. You know, very. Um. I have a lot of freedom with it that way. So no, it's certainly not a full time job. I would love for it to turn into something once my kids are a bit older and they're in full time school and I have more time. Mm -hmm. I would. That would be my dream. Would be to 
have to pay taxes because I <laughs> sell so many things. Uh, be careful um, what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it yeah, seems- can come with its whole other set of troubles. Yeah. There, I mean, it kind of seems like because you have the freedom right now to create as you just as you want to, and there's no, there's not a huge pressure to meet any deadlines or, um, I don't know. Are you still, are you taking any made to order pieces or anything like that? Do you ever take custom work like oh, that? Oh yeah. Okay. So sometimes yeah, you do the, have your deadlines. Yes. I know. And I always give people like, for instance, the little felted dogs that I make in that, I always tell people like four to six weeks oh, good. or something like a long deadline. So if I need to order wool and I've got no one at home and I can't take my kids to this, like it gives me a little bit of a buffer. Mm -hmm. So even if I do have to work with a deadline, it's like, okay, I don't have to like, kids go in the basement while I get this done. It's still very, I can work on it a few minutes at a time. Okay. I love doing it that way. I know it's not practical for forever. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's whatever you can make happen for you. You know, everybody has a different life situation and certainly people with kids and myself included, like it's, unless my in-laws take my kids for the weekend, it is doing like bits here and there. And it's not always, yeah, it's like I would, I would much prefer to just marathon my way through it, but like that's impossible. Definitely. That's exactly how mine is. I'll do things five minutes at a time, but it's an interrupted five minutes Mm -hmm. where, mom, can you change the channel? Mom, can you do this? And so if I had a full day, I could accomplish so much more than I can in my five, 10 minute intervals. Exactly. But that's life right now. It's going to change. The kids are going to be in school in a couple of years. It's it's just how it is. Yeah. it's good right now. Yeah, and you and you still produce. Like I still feel like you produce a lot of work. So I think you know. I do. I always I'll feel like oh I haven't done anything, and then I'll look at my Instagram. I'm like oh I made all these things, and and they're already gone. Like they're out in the world, and maybe that's why I feel like I don't make anything because I don't have it here with me right. anymore. Like a lot of work goes into those little dogs. I have to remind myself that that's hours and hours of work. So. Yeah. And your animals, I I don't know. For those of you listening, you need to follow Megan Alessio on Instagram and check out her filtered animals because they are the, they're so expressive and I don't understand how you get their expression. Like they look real. Every time you post one, it looks like a photograph of an a, of a real animal, like a, por- a you know, pet portraits. But then you realize that they're felton and it's like it blows my mind every time. Oh, thank you. I always try to put something in the picture for scale, like either my hand or a thread spool or something. So people, because I, I find on the ones that look realistic, I don't get as many likes on right, Instagram. Because they just think it's a picture of your dog. I posted a picture of a random dog. So I'll have to put something back. So I'm like, I made this. I made this. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's then too cool. <laughs> so what is your, what is your creative process like? I mean, I think uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about how it's, it's, you have to do it in bits at a time, but like when you're thinking about what to create, um, how, how does it come to you? Like, how does inspiration come to you? So depending on what I'm working on, I do a lot of these, um, dog portraits for people. So that's a bit different. That's more of like a business. Um, they send me the pictures. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a lot of people are so nice. Like they give me so much creative freedom as much as you can have with a dog. I've never had someone like I wanted this and this and this like I make them little toys and stuff so that's just fun but when I'm doing a piece that's just for me or just something that I want to make generally it's like one little thing 
will get in my head and I'll just have to go do it. So I'm really bad at writing an idea down or sketching or anything. I just, I'll see like a, a certain, a little sequin or something. I'm like, I need to make a mermaid tail right now. (laughs) And I'll just start. And then I never have a full plan of how a project is finishing. I'll start with something. It turns into something else, but it always just kind of evolves from there. I don't really, um, I'm not a planner. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool. Like you can, you can, I don't know, you can almost see that. I don't know because there, I feel like there's a lot of freedom in your work. So it, it seems like there's a, I don't know, there's this sort of looseness in the creativity of it. I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know how to describe it, but it is, it's beautiful. I'm very inspired by the materials mm-hmm. all the time. It's, um, I feel like they sort of, I always use materials where it's either like, I'll find them from one, a cool like independent store or else vintage stuff. I use a ton of vintage in my work or people will give me things like other artists have given me like bags of you know, little scrap materials or something. And when I see it, then I know what it should be. It's, I don't usually plan things out. Oh, that's awesome. So I can't even, I'll just have different thread colors lying around. I'm like, Oh, I need to wrap that around a rope or something. It's, it's just very, the materials. They speak to you speak up for themselves. So I can't even take full credit for, so I'm like, they're just pretty anyway. Like when I make a, a weaving, I'm like, of course it's going to look pretty. It's made out of all these beautiful things. Right. I feel like it, the people that made the material should get more credit than me slapping them together. Almost <laughs> is how I feel a lot of the time. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful way to think about it because there, it, it is, there are so many steps that come before us getting our hands on them, you yeah. know, and especially when you think about wool, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, wool and cotton and everything that it takes to go into, you know, creating those materials. It's so true. Oh, absolutely. I started to appreciate that a lot more too, as I got more into it. But when I first started, it was like anything, like go to a craft store, buy a bunch of cheap acrylic wool or not wool, but (laughs) wool looking things and and slap it together. But which was great. I mean, how else do you learn? You can't learn with the finest quality things. That would be kind of a waste to totally (laughs) put it on my first projects that were horrible but now that I'm more into it and like things have to be special to make the art piece special so I've whittled down my collection a lot but the quality and the like emotional bond I have with my materials is pretty strong like I would be pretty devastated if something happened to my stash yeah I know I know that feeling Oh, that's awesome. Um, so when you're creating, do you ever get stuck creatively? And um, if you do, what do you, how do you get yourself out of it? Um, not really. That sounds kind of, <laughs> no, I'm just amazing and I never get, <laughs> but I don't really, sometimes I'll make something and it won't turn out exactly, but I just make something else. Yeah. I had, I recently had a, I was doing these like felted, um, bowls and that kind of stuff and I made a small one and the form collapsed when it was in the dryer getting getting felted and but I got out I'm like oh but that's so pretty like it was like a weird egg and then I made a whole wall hanging out of it which I would have never made or thought of making if it didn't collapse right. so I just kind of go with it sometimes I don't use it right away but I'm like oh well that was fun I learned something now I'll move on and do something else totally you're tr- so. you're a true artist in that sense so that's awesome <laughs> Um, do you, what do you do while you're creating? Do you listen to anything or watch anything or is it too much 
taking care of the kids while you're doing it? When I'm alone and creating, which doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's like the happiest I've ever. <laughs> it's so nice to be just in my own house, being able to have all my materials. Yes. And just no one grabbing at them. It's so nice to do that. So I do listen to music or else I'll have on just like daytime TV in the background or something like just some noise on. But yeah, I can just I can make from morning till night if I don't have those darn responsibilities of children. I know, I know. <laughs> those those precious days. Go, go, go. Those precious days when they when for whatever reason the kids are not there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I totally understand that. You just like have a marathon, right? And that's my idea of a vacation is me in my own house without other people here. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. Once you're a mom, you don't get that. It's it's bizarre being alone in your house. And so that's my uh, that's my favorite thing to do. Is if I don't have them, put on something, usually background noise. I don't even listen to it and just get making. Yeah. Yep. Um, so beyond Instagram, how are there other ways that you market your work? Not really. Yeah. Not really. It's um one of my excuses, just the lack of time right now. I would like to um, get out there a little bit more in real life, mm -hmm. like just with other artists and because it's a little bit isolating sometimes. Of course. And working from home and then selling things from my home. I don't like go to a gallery and drop my things off and talk to humans. I'm behind my computer and I go to the post office to send things, but that's about it. Right. So that is one of my goals. Once I have a little bit more time and I can get a few pieces together, I would love to reach out a little bit more in my human form. Do you teach but at all or um, do you I teach workshops? In your I've done um, a few like student workshops for younger kids for I think they would have been from about seven grade seven to nine is I've done a few years in a row now I've taught a few workshops cool. so that is one other thing that I'm really open to as well but it's it's a uh, lack of time right yeah, now yeah yeah and I love teaching it though teaching needle felting and teaching it to kids is really cool to see because it's a very sharp needle and you're mm -hmm. giving it to this like 13 year old boy and but then the room just goes silent like kids get just engrossed because you're just stabbing wool you have to pay attention or you'll stab yourself and they just like go into a zone it's so like meditative and it's a very in the now with fidget spinners and stuff it's like it's a it's a fidget spinner that you're, right right you have you're focused on it and you're you're making something though so I would love to teach a little bit more once I can maybe uh have some childcare or <laughs> yeah totally or yeah, even like just video videos of you making yes. an animal from like start to finish I would definitely pay money to see that <laughs> I've thought about doing that too which is um I need to get a time where I'm not making things five minutes at a time because mm -hmm. I tried to do it one time and so I have my camera set up and then I'm making something and then I tried to get the camera set up this sort of similar way and just everything's different. Like it would be the choppiest, worst video ever to watch. Right. No, I know. It's hard. So, to, it's hard to create these videos. And I've, yeah, I, that's on the bucket list too, though, is to do some, some videos and tutorials. Yeah. How long does it take you to make, um, for example, you know, one of your pet, like a dog? A dog mm -hmm. is generally about four 
to six hours okay. of work. So that takes, and that's just for the dog. Mm-hmm. And then the whole process altogether, including, um, you know, I make a little dog toy with it, of course, and a rug, which usually gets like embroidered and fringe on it because I get ridiculous with things. And then I. <laughs> so awesome. Know, <laughs> They're so paint. complete. I love it. Yeah. Hand paint a little box with their name on it to send out and then wrap it all up. So altogether, it's probably about nine hours of work wow. goes into a, depending on how hard it was to make the dog, what their fur looks like, all this stuff. Yeah, it's a long time to make those little guys. Yeah, and the th- I mean, and the package, the whole entire package is so thoughtful. I think that that's like so important. And you I really like take a lot of time really on cool. that. Yeah. Thank you. I do. I try really hard to make it because they're not cheap either. And I don't want people to feel like they've ever um, purchased something and it it doesn't show up presented properly because mm-hmm. that kind of ruins the whole experience if you just got like a it's adorable dog but it got sent to you in a ziploc baggie right. like it would totally ruin the whole it's like this is i didn't really get it that much i have a dog he's right over there and he's so sweet but i didn't really get the whole how emotionally people get attached to these little creations until i started making one of my own dog because mm-hmm. i've never made one of him and then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, like it just melts your heart. Completely. It's, it's them. It is them in a little form. So I kind of get it more now. And I like put so much. I, I'll send my friends pictures of these dogs that I'm making. They're like, give me a break. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop sending me pictures of random people's dogs that you're pelting. I'm like, look how cute he is. <laughs> No, and they are so precious. Like I can't, because you give them, I, yeah, you give them these facial expressions that I, I can't even really explain it over a podcast. Uh, people just have to see them. Like they're, they're inquisitive. They, they look inquisitive yeah. or they look, you know, whatever. Like the, those looks that dogs give you when they tilt yeah, their head the, and like. The puppy dog eyes. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's yeah, so cool. I try to just make the eyes really expressive, but. I'm glad that it's working. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Wait, so what else, do you, what do you do to package them up? Um, you do a hand-painted box. I think, yeah, so I'm asking because I think it's important for people to also keep in mind that like, I think a, a lot of us, I think myself included, once you're done with a piece, like with a macrame piece, it, it's like, oh my God, I have to take all this extra time to package it. And like, you kind of just want to get it out the door. But it to, is work. Yeah. But to like, but to really put thought and time and effort into the packaging, I think is really important. So tell me, what, what what do you do to package yourself? Okay, so once I finish them, then I find – I have, like, a big supply of boxes that I'll find wherever I can when I – if I uh, am at a craft store or something. So they're not always exactly the same, but it's usually, like, a sturdy cardboard box mm-hmm. in, a, like, a more of, like, a, a formed box, though, so it's nice and sturdy. Mm-hmm. And I'll just find them so I can paint on them. And I'll have a bunch of different sizes. So once I'm done making the dog and I make his little blanket, I find the box that'll fit it the best without squishing anything. And then I'll hand paint. This is, I shouldn't be saying this out loud. Now I'm realizing how ridiculous my process is. And then I hand paint their name on the box or I'll draw like one dog's name was Spoon. So I painted like a spoon on it and like I'll totally personalize the little box. But I never really have told people that much about the packaging. So when people get it, it's like, oh, I got to, like, it feels like so much extra. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Whenever people rece- receive their package, they always tell me like, oh my God, that box is so perfect. Thank you for putting that little toy in it. Like, it's so, so, And it, it's it, so special to open and receive. Yeah, it feels like a little present, I think, for me too. If I give them a box that's like, I made this just for you. Yeah. It's not a box that I just put all my dogs in. It's something that was made after your little dog was actually made. Right. So I feel like you can feel the specialness in them when you get them. Totally. That's so cool. Um, So we sort of touched on the other kinds of fiber arts things that you do. Um, Did we name them all? So embroidery, weaving. A little bit of embroidery, weaving, um, I guess felting. I I make a lot of – I'm just like looking around my house at things that I've made so I can (laughs) – like just tassels and that kind of stuff. I don't even know what that kind of – fiber art is called I just make stuff out of it okay I'm very unskilled at fiber arts though like I have no skill set I can't crochet I can't knit I can't weave on a real loom like I don't know how to do any real things (laughs) I'm a very just wing it make make whatever I want maybe I'll watch like a tutorial on something but I'm I would rather just figure it out on my own. That's awesome. I love that. No, because there, you know, maybe there is no one right way to do it. I mean, with knitting and yeah. crochet, yes, I guess there is, but yeah. <laughs> but that's and but it's different when you're doing people. like a full, like when you're doing oh, like a full. A sorry. Oh no, sorry. I know. I'm like totally talking <laughs> over you. Sorry. Um, uh, no, but I think that's actually what uh, what makes your art particularly special is that you can see, yeah, you can see that sort of freedom of creativity, and you're not bounding yourself with patterns and um and that kind of thing thank you I felt bad for a long time about not knowing how to crochet or knit or or just something that's like a real make something useful Mm. because I just make like a pretty thing you put on your wall they have no real life (laughs) they have no real life value well lots of value maybe not function beyond (laughs) um you know pure aesthetics (laughs) but (laughs) It's the world we're ending. I couldn't make a pair of socks to save my life. So that kind of stuff. But I have a feeling yeah, you'd figure it out. I like it that way. I kind of one thing I haven't learned on purpose is macrame. And I've I love it so much. I have pieces in my home, but I've almost stopped myself from learning it too much because I'm like, I will start making someone else's things if I start doing that like I have to not pick up a craft that's not mine right now Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it it does I don't think you have to feel that way but if you do I mean (laughs) I sort of understand it just because there is so much out there but um you know you never know it could open doors to adding it to some of your other works or whatnot you know yeah I feel like there would be a total space for it in a lot of things that I make and that's one thing that I've kind of I have, I've stopped myself from looking up tutorials sometimes just because I'm like, you have to finish what you've started too. Like I'm trying to stop myself from having 8 million things on the go. So, but I'm sure I'll dip into it yeah. fairly soon. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask. Like, um, is there anything, is there something creative that you've been wanting to try that you haven't tried yet? So many things. Like, Oh, the list is it goes on and on. I actually have a list on my phone. I'll think of something and I'm like, oh, I got to do this. And so I just have a long list of things I'll never make. Cause it's like just, what? Like what do you want to well, try? What do you want to try? Um, there's different uh, different mobiles and animals and focus on the felting stuff that I want to make. And mm. that's just a lack of time. Like 
it's always on the to-do list and then I get a question or I get a another idea that I have to make uh there's a lot of um collaboration that I would like to do yeah and I feel too guilty right now to really pursue that because I have a collaboration going right now with my sister that's been months and months that I haven't even worked on because it's just too hard to find the focus time on it because I want to give my all to it. So I would love to do some more collaborations and reach out to a few more artists because I love bouncing ideas off of people and you just make something that you would never come up with on your own, but it's still yours. Yeah. So that's really on my list is to reach out a little bit more and maybe I just have to do it and we both accept that it might take months mm-hmm. but it'll get done so I would love to do that well and that's how those so, things work kind of like if you're yeah. forced to um or just if you have some accountability behind it then it forces you to like if you say yes to something you know then you yeah. will do it you make you make exactly. time for those kinds of things even though exactly. it feels daunting at first but then that's like what other way is there to get anything done? I feel like we'd put everything off forever if that's so true. if we, we didn't just, just say, okay. Some... Yeah, that's one thing I'd like to do. And also um, when you're talking, touching on before all the tutorials and that kind of stuff, that's, I think I would really enjoy doing that once I got going. Yeah. So going to look into that more, like even just getting the equipment to do it. Yeah. Like a tripod for my iPhone. I don't have one. That would be such an easy thing to get. And I feel like it would snowball from there. So that's on the list of to do things. I might kind of scale back Mm -hmm. on making these random pieces just so I can focus on, on one thing a little bit more, but it's going to be summertime soon. I'll be busy. So we'll (laughs) see where that goes. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe in the fall and in the winter when, when everyone's just staying inside (laughs) doing, you know, (laughs) needing something to do. Um, What is the collaboration you're doing with your sister? Cause I've seen some of her art that you've posted on Instagram. She's also a wonderful artist. She is an amazing artist. She does mainly single line drawings. And um, now she's adding a lot of floral, dried floral to her pieces. Oh, cool. It's so beautiful. She's honestly, she's one of my favorite artists, even if she wasn't my sister. Mm-hmm. That's hers right up there. I know. I recognized it, actually. <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah. So we've, we've done a few collabs before where she actually drew the pictures for things that I've woven. So I did a series where I've woven... Um, just woven tapestries with embroidered hands on them. Mm-hmm. And those are all her drawings that she let me use for them. Oh, and then so we've cool. done a few where she's done a single line drawing painting and I've embroidered them over top of onto the canvas. Mm-hmm. So we're working on a few bigger ones right now, which oh, are those sound incredible. Yeah. They're larger canvases and I'm like halfway done the last one, but I just need that committed time to make it look, it's a little bit more daunting when it's a collaboration because if I screw up something of my own, it's like, well, I'll throw that in the bin or whatever. But if someone else has already done all the work of making this beautiful painting and then I'm going to wreck it with one wrong needle hole, like I need uh, focus. For so we're working on that right now. And I'd love to do more collaborations with her. She's my she's my best friend and my the best person for me to talk to about art because we can be like, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to stop that Brutal or, honesty, right? Or no, that didn't turn out the way we wanted to. Like, it's just such an easy honesty. So it's nice to have that. Oh my gosh. I, I hope you can uh, put your fears aside as far as ruining her work, because I think <laughs> the, you know, the final product of that is going to be so cool. And I kind of want to buy one, so <laughs> I'll let you know when they're so done. So get to it. 
<laughs> I will. We've done a series before of smaller ones. Mm-hmm. And they were, I really loved doing that. That was our first time collaborating together where we actually both put the work in on one piece as opposed to like a drawing of hers that I translated into a fiber piece. Mm-hmm. And so... And that went really well. We sold all of them. It was really exciting. We like had this little collection that we put out. And so I would love to do that again where it's where we can be together. She lives um, in a different province than I do. So it's hard to get together and focus on it. Right. I love doing that. So if even if I could find another artist that kind of feels the same way. Collaboration is so fun. And I've just never had anything bad come from liking other people's stuff or enjoying other people's work it's such a you feel like an instant bond with someone if you like their art or if you can feel like you could add something to it definitely and I think it's I mean now that you're saying it and I've never really thought about it so hard but um and I think it's a way to I mean it's a way to create something completely new too because it's you know it's not you can't really copy it, copy other people when you're it's two unique individual brains getting together and creating yeah. this one new thing, you know. So I feel like that'd be a really good way to get out of a creative rut too. Totally. Is to work with someone else. Even if it doesn't end up being an amazing piece, just to sit and bounce ideas off of each other. That's when I've come up with some of my best ideas. I'll think of something and then I'll immediately text my sister or be like, "Oh, we should do this or this would be cool." And then we'll talk about it for 2 hours and then at the end, sometimes it's like, well, that was dumb. That's not going to work. <laughs> or, but it, it gets the juices flowing. Totally. And it gets just thinking of something new. I think that's very cool. We should all do that more often. <laughs> um, so thinking back to when you were, uh, you know, for example, when you were, um, you know, doing hair full time versus like where you are now in your life, do you feel somehow different or changed in a way? Oh, yes completely. I had a lot of life changes at the same time of when I stopped doing hair. I stopped because I was having my first son. So that was just in itself mm-hmm. a life thing. But um, I loved hairdressing and I loved a lot of it, but I don't really miss it, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's, there's so many things to deal with. And it's I found that that was a little bit, I didn't realize until I was done being in that industry, how much I had to care. I had to wear hair and makeup and cute clothes every day because you're a hairdresser. People walk in, they don't want to see someone with like a four day old dry shampoo, (laughs) top knot their hair, right? Like it's part of the package. And I didn't really think about it. That was just my life since I was 17. So I never really thought it was a bad thing. And then once I was out and I had a little bit of freedom to not have to wear makeup, like that was a big, it sounds a little silly right now, but that was a big thing for me to not do my hair and not do my makeup and just have to be running around kids all day. I needed that though. Like, you know, I, I totally understand that actually. Cause I, we, we, we moved from the city to the country uh, a few months oh, ago nice. and I mean, that's a game changer in that sense too. Like I, unless I'm doing a podcast, this is like, I don't put anything on. Oh, exactly. Like Like I I, haven't bought real clothes in forever and it's, it's very freeing. It was, it was really freeing. And just my self-confidence I think has gone up a lot because I'm not standing in front of a mirror all day either. Of course you're going to nitpick things when you're standing in front of a mirror. Like it's, 
it was such a having a baby and having the freedom to not be going into that sort of image based right. job every day was really good for me, I think. And I didn't realize that I needed it until I got out of it. Yeah. So that like huge for me. I'm like, I'm a really happy person now. Like I don't, I'm really positive and just as far as it comes to like even beauty now and body positivity, that sort of yeah. thing. I'm like so freed. It's so, so awesome. Much, so much more freedom now because of that, because of having kids and just growing up, I think, you know, yeah. growing up that pleasing others sort of thing. Totally. Which it turns out people don't care. Right. Is what I kind of realized after. I'm like, why was I caring so much? Like people do not care. People treat me no different now that I'm not wearing a smoky eye. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it was very freeing to realize that the world wasn't going to end because I didn't have concealer on. Isn't that funny so, though? Like you really and the thing yeah. is I feel like this comes with age a lot. I mean, yes, the oh, the sure. environment completely changed. I mean, I can totally see how not having to stand in front of a mirror would change yeah. you a lot. <laughs> um, but no, I think there's something that comes with age where you just realize that you think people are paying attention to you, but they really aren't, you they know, aren't. like, and even if they are and like you make a mistake, whatever, it's for like one second and then everyone moves on and nobody exactly. gives a shit, you know? Exactly. Because <laughs> I've even tried to think about, you know, if you're feeling you know, it's late at night and you're decided to replay every mistake you've ever yes. made in your life at sleep. But I'm really good at just being like, it doesn't matter. Totally. Like, I'd say that's my strongest skill. Yeah. <laughs> is being like stuff rolls off my back so easily and I just don't care because it's just I've realized how much other people don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds all very almost negative because it's like nobody cares. No, but, really, but it's so no, but there's so much liber. It's so liberating to know that like nobody's hanging on your every single moment or no. word or whatever. And I have those moments too, like on Instagram, and I'll post something, and then three hours later I'll be like, oh, crap, I really shouldn't have said that, or like you know, and I'll second guess it. But in reality, you know, once they scrolled past it exactly. and liked it or didn't, that was it. Like it's and poof, it's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. And but that even that in itself is kind of freeing because even now with um just all Instagram is such a love hate kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? You probably Absolutely. feel that way with a lot of it too. But sometimes something that you put your heart and soul into, it's like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got and I got I got forty three likes on that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And then you'll make something that you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, this was a commission or something. And then it goes out and it blows up or whatever. So yeah. there's no way of knowing. So you just have to kind of be like, well, I made it. It's into the world. Right. Whatever. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. And also, and also that it, uh, whatever, whatever, however many likes you're getting from it is not at all like whatever the actual value or quality of that piece was, you know? Oh, absolutely. There's so many other factors that go into it. Um, it's like... How, how it was photographed too, you know? Yeah, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. It is, a, I will say though, as much as grief Instagram gives, like that's how I know you. Yeah. And that's, I wouldn't sell anything if I didn't have Instagram. Yeah. Like, I know, I same here. <laughs> I, I try to think of artists back before Instagram even, like that would be a lot of, not even more work, but more putting yourself out there, like putting a face 
going to a gallery, yeah. going somewhere and being like, do you like it? And then being to your face saying no. No. <laughs> and that would be crushing. I know. And I think about the amount of time it, it would have taken to like, you couldn't really do it as a mom, I think. Like you, cause exactly. you'd have be really to be hard. out there and, you know, getting rejected and then going to the next place and then like getting rejected and then going to the next place. And like, I mean, just the foot, the footwork and the logistics of it all would just make it impossible. You know, I think about that a lot, actually. Um, cause my mom was very artistic too. And I'm like, if she had had Etsy or Instagram in the seventies, then she totally could have done something, you know? Absolutely. My mom was the same way and she's getting back into it a little bit now, getting uh, the pushing of me and my sister and, and both my sisters and she's getting a little bit more confident with it. Like she's, my mom is seriously an amazing artist. Like her drawing, her painting is, she's never been to school for it. She's just like a extremely skilled artist. Mm. And she's just kind of like, Oh, it's, it's nothing, you know, it's no, I can't show anyone that like, Oh, I hate it. And so I feel like if she had something like this and you get a few likes from strangers, like I remember when people first started commenting on things that weren't my friends and I would be like, oh my God, famous. (laughs) You know, that first little like outside validation that like, oh, people like my thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be still making things quite as much if it weren't for people giving me validation through social media. Like, yeah, yeah. Co- it's true. You, that's how you get your work out there nowadays. Yeah. And the connections that you make, it's it's pretty yeah. invaluable as much as it is something I, I yeah, I, lo- I love and hate it too. It's, yeah. it's just one of those things you have to accept. <laughs> it, I find the nice part is though, well, with a fiber arts community, it's 99% good, yeah. I find. Yeah. Like every once in a while, you'll get someone saying something snitty on there or whatever, but it's now it's like, oh, somebody said something mean. Like, I must be getting up there. Right. <laughs> people don't say mean things to people that they know. Right. So. Or people like, yeah, it's only if they're trying to kind of bring you down because you, exactly. yeah, yeah. So like, oh, and it really doesn't happen on within this sort of community. Like, I can't imagine being part of a different sort of Instagram community where it's more competition based right right fibrous doesn't really seem that way it's very community every once in a while you get someone ripping someone else off but it doesn't even last long because everyone else has everyone else's backs yeah yeah it's true if if people see things that are like a clear copy it gets called out pretty quick and yeah I find it's a pretty supportive community on Instagram yeah absolutely I know I've been talking with uh some other people on the podcast about the whole copying thing and it's an interesting thing because it really used to – it really used to uh, – I don't know. I, I guess it just bugged me a lot more like if somebody copied a piece of mine. And then I realized – and I used to actually like DM them and be like, hey, yeah. <laughs> that looks familiar. Would be nice if you would have said inspo from. Yeah. Um, but then I realized that it's usually like a one-off piece for them and then they – continue on their own journey and and it doesn't stay like that the copying thing is like a one-time thing for it's each person scary. usually it's like them learning and then yeah you know I mean Which it doesn't like, it still do feels kind of crap sorry <laughs> sorry go no they could do it in a better way though like you're saying it's when people just straight up copy something and yeah. don't do any inspo 
of course it was like, oh, I saw this technique and I want to try it on my own, but don't be like, I invented this right. and this is now mine. Right. But I've had, I haven't had much copying because I think I just am so all over the place that people would be like, I don't even know what Nobody knows how to copy you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if I ever see, I've had a few posts that were almost like word for word copied and I don't even know how I found them. Oh. It was like one was the picture and the words underneath were just ridiculously similar. And I was like, that's, that looks so bad on you, like yeah. on the other person. Cause I w- kind of looked at it. And of course, when you're in your own little phone world, I was like, sh- like checking if she followed me and she didn't even follow me, but she followed like a bunch of other people that were right kind of with that community and stuff. And I was just like, I didn't say anything. I was just like, that's lame. And <laughs> and her end piece wasn't really that similar to mine. Mm-hmm. But just, it was too similar of a copy of the words and the post. And But afterwards, I was like, well, that was kind of cool. Like, she thought my stuff was so nice that she wanted it. <laughs> it's a good, you know, that's like, a good way to look at it. It's not easy to it, think of it that way, but... And you can't make the same thing. If someone wanted to, like, straight up copy something I've done, like, go for it, try it. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> yeah. If you get the same, great, because I couldn't even make it the same again. Exactly. Like it's, it's a little bit freeing once you're like, oh, well, what are they going to do? I think it would be a worse copying infraction when it's like these big companies. Yes. That is what hurts, time. actually. Yeah. That would hurt because that's, they're getting more credit for it than you. Or Not just credit, but they're getting paid, you know? And paid. Yeah. So that really bothers me when it's small, when it's the small fish kind of just finding their way throughout fiber arts. There's only so much, so many ways you can wrap cotton rope with other cotton rope. It's going to look similar sometimes, (laughs) but that doesn't mean that it didn't come from you and it didn't, you know, it's, it's such a therapeutic art. Yeah. Anything involving fiber arts. So whatever, someone works something out, copying something. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I guess this kind of goes on the same conversation path, but um, do you have any advice for people who are kind of just starting out now or, um, you know, I guess creative advice on how to sort of forge your own path? Um, I think it's really important to just start making things. Mm-hmm. And excuse me. I think it's really important to start making things because you will inspire yourself. If you if you have, see a wall hanging or a little sculpture or something that you want to try to make, just try to make it. It doesn't mean that you have to sell it. Like mm-hmm. I think people get too caught up in the whole because there are so many people selling their work now, yeah. whether it's wall hangings, whether it's tapestry, um, baskets, all that kind of stuff. If you get too caught up in being like, well, I'm just starting out then you'll never even make it so just start making something make it for yourself give it as a gift and it will if you like it it'll go from there yeah I don't I feel like people feel too committed to certain crafts now like it's like well I'm a weaver or I do this and so you have to keep doing it but if it's not fun it's what's the point if if you're turning your hobby into something that you don't like anymore right then 
then you need a new hobby. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely true. If that's, yeah, if, it, if it's creatively stifling to continue something that's not giving you joy. Yeah. I think the best, the best thing is just to make it and don't care if someone wants to buy it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll give your family members gifts for years like I did. Yeah. <laughs> like we all did. Yeah. Everyone has little needle felted ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> so. But then it, it'll, it will spiral from there. If you love doing it and you make it enough, someone's going to notice. Yeah, someone's going to see it. And if it's meant to be, it'll it'll keep going. Yeah. And you can see the passion in, in work that is made with love, like with care oh. and with joy, you know, like you can really tell the difference, I think. Yeah. There's a big difference between handmade and just like handmade, but mass produced as well. Mm-hmm. Like things can be handmade, but it's like getting them out, out the door. But mm-hmm. when something's very specific, I think... And that's why I think this community on Instagram is so important too, because you see that love that someone puts into it. So when you buy someone else's piece, like, you know, you know that this is like special. And every time you look at it, it has like that little like, oh, like, I feel like there's someone there behind it. You know, it's, yeah, it's really special to get a handmade piece of work that someone poured their little heart into. (laughs) Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, okay. So now I have like just a bunch of random questions that have nothing to do really with like true creativity or whatever, but, um, okay. If you were a color, what color would you be? Um, oh my God, well, I didn't know they're going to get hard. (laughs) I'm going to go with, uh, a nice coral pink. Ooh. I could see that actually. Very easily. Because you, oh, you sunburned. (laughs) Awesome. That's what color I am in the summer anyway. <laughs> Good answer. Um, what is your favorite beverage? Um, well, wine. That's too easy. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, if you had one free hour a day, what would you do with it? Um, make things or watch TV on my couch because I never, ever, ever get to watch shows that aren't like Bob the Builder or Paw Patrol. <laughs> right. So if I have one free hour to watch grown-ups talking on TV, that would be nice. Nice. I could understand that totally. Um, and if you had a time machine, what point in the past or future would you want to visit? Oh, I think I would go to the future. I'd, I would feel too much stress with all the ripple effect mm-hmm. of going in the past. <laughs> the butterfly, <laughs> with the butterfly effect. effect. <laughs> That movie has ruined me. I can't go back. So I think I would like to go to the future and maybe see where, um, like, obviously my kids see them when they're grandparents or something. Like, just a little. Oh, you want to go that far in the future? Yeah. I wouldn't. Time travels. I'm getting stressed out thinking about this. No. <laughs> I'd want a little glimpse and then go back. Yeah. Oh, funny. Okay. Um, and then last one. What is your current favorite Instagram account? Um, and it can be fiber oh. or non-fiber, maybe something inspiring. Oh. oh, that's a tough one. I will go with, uh, oh, this is too hard. I should have prepared for this one. I'll say a few of my favorite people that every time I see them pop up, then it's just like, oh, I love the aesthetic. Of yes. It. I love um, Hello Tangle. Mm-hmm. It's really one of my good. Favorite. Such a specific, <laughs> them behind me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Oh, that is Hello Tangle. Oh, that they that they ever made. Um, every time it pops up, 
the color palette, it's very cohesive, but it's different every time too. Yeah. So it's something that like they're they're in the zone and I really like what they're doing. Um Oh, who else? I love String Harvest. Oh, yeah. Great fire. Like beautiful fire. fibers. Yeah. And she just posts so many other people's work mm-hmm. as well. And that's something that you do as well on your feed. And I think I've commented on yours. I was like, you're just like personally oh, yeah. finding people for me that I like because everything you post, like it has such a, they're all different, but they have that, the feel that I'm really enjoying right now. Yeah. So everything post another artist I'm always like go and follow them and oh find that's their good work. beautiful I love I love other artists that support other artists yeah and like oh, connecting everybody else I think is just the coolest yeah. thing and sometimes it can get a little boring even if someone's an amazing artist and you see the same style of oil painting every single time right it's amazing and the talent behind it is phenomenal but when you're scrolling like we live in a very fast-paced fickle world right now so I like accounts that mix it up and share other arts and are just like overall positive yeah so accounts like yours are really uh, truly like some of the my favorite things to follow thanks girl (laughs) (laughs) awesome oh well this was so fun and so enjoyable getting to know you um behind your work and the person behind the work and it's so cool because like it's it it all makes it kind of makes sense like just being able to talk to you and understand your perspective and the way that you work and your process and everything, it all totally makes sense. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me to do this. Of course. I'm, I'm so excited to be part of your new podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I forgot to ask you, do you have anything um, did, that you wanted to promote that you're, that anything coming up? Um, I have one big project that I'm not allowed to talk about oh, yet. Damn. I'll tell you after. Okay. <laughs> But um, no, just I love doing what I'm doing right now. If people want to reach out to me, maybe I didn't make it. um, I haven't made it as open as I probably should to say I'm open for custom orders and and collaborations. And if people want to reach out to me, I'm super easygoing. Like I've I can't think of something that I've been like, no, I won't do. Or yeah, (laughs) yeah. I love when people reach out, even if it's not something that works out, then I have like a new friend on Instagram or whatever. So I love it. I, I think I just want to let people know that I'm, I'm pretty accessible and maybe I should show that a little bit more on throughout my work, but yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll include all your information, you know, um, when I post the podcast and everything. So hopefully people will contact you and we can see some new collaborations coming out of you, you know, out from you and someone else. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks, Megan. I will talk to you soon. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the Fiber Artist Podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.